AWRI Decanted, a podcast from the Australian Wine Research Institute. Here, grape and wine scientists reveal their latest discoveries and meet the producers who are applying the research in their businesses. Is it a weed or is that actually a plant that's adding to the biodiversity of my vineyard? G'day, I'm Drew Radford. And that used to be a clear-cut question for most vineyard owners in the days of when pretty much anything other than the vines would be slashed or sprayed out of existence. That, though, has changed for most producers, especially for Melissa Brown, viticulturalist and co-owner of Gemtree Wines, a biodynamic producer in South Australia's McLaren Vale. Melissa has been described by some as the godmother of sustainable winemaking in South Australia, and she joins us for this decanted podcast. Melissa, thanks for your time. Pleasure, Drew. Melissa, I understand you come from a family of grape growers, and when you told your dad that you wanted to get involved, he didn't give you the most enthusiastic of responses. What was it? It was, you won't last two weeks. That's because he felt that I was coming from an office environment and he thought I would be too soft to deal with the rigours of working in a vineyard. But it was like waving a red rag to a bull and uh, 25 years later, I'm still here. I think 25 years has certainly proved him wrong and you've also really got your hands dirty in the process with the way in which you run your vineyard? Look, it was all about timing and um, I was at a bit of a crossroads in my life and I realised that when I started working outside in the vineyard that I actually really enjoyed working with nature and just being out amongst it and I'd never realised that about myself before. That phrase you said there, working with nature, that's really become your fundamental ethos for how you do things because... You've got an organic and biodynamic production cycle, haven't you? Yes, we do. And I had to convince my dad to convert our vineyards from conventional farming to those methods. It took quite a bit of persuasion and persistence. But I I just feel that I'm working with nature and the more natural that process is, the better result I'm going to get. Well, in regards to working with nature and getting those better results, we want to explore how you're actually achieving that. Managing vineyard weeds has evolved for you over time and you haven't been afraid to innovate. So what different vineyard floor management strategies have you experimented with over the years? Many years ago, I worked with Richard Porter from Seedco and we did lots of trials here on the vineyard with different cover crops. I guess I've never been afraid to experiment. So one of the things that I've always been quite keen on is minimal tillage and moving away from from bare ground cover. And so moving away from bare ground cover then, what's your current approach to vineyard floor management? As much as possible, we're trying to minimise soil tillage and always have some ground cover there. It's called regenerative agriculture and I think there's quite a few benefits around sticking to those principles which include balancing soil nutrition limitations, keeping the soil covered, minimising cultivation, increasing all the plant microbial diversity, more living roots in the farming system as well as integrating and managing livestock. 
in the last episode we had Chris Penfold who said, and it's a great quote, just like beards are now in fashion, so too is the slightly scruffy vineyard. How do your vineyards look now compared to when you first started working in them 20 years ago? Oh, they look completely different and my dad would tell you that they're an absolute disaster. He liked the look of that really neat undervine strip where you spray with herbicide and you've got completely bare soil under the vine and all of the midrows would be neatly mown. These days there's all sorts of growth under the vine, whether it be a cover crop that we've deliberately sown, whether it's just volunteer weed growth. And the midrows have all sorts of things in them as well, whether it be volunteer growth or a sown cover crop, which isn't necessarily kept neatly mowing all the time. That brings me to the question, though, Melissa, how do you deal with weeds and pests? It's a change in mindset about, number one, viewing weeds as the ultimate enemy. Weeds are a plant that you don't really want there, but it's not that we need to completely eradicate them. I think that we can work with these plants that we call weeds and integrate them into the whole ecosystem as long as they are managed appropriately. Well, on that question of managing them appropriately, I understand that you've found plants which actually help you deal with that. Yes, we certainly have. So one of our biggest problems has been with cooch or kaikuya grass. So we use sheep extensively for weed control. So post-harvest until bud burst, the sheep are in the vineyard eating the weeds and they do a magnificent job. But the Cooch and Kaikuya grasses being mainly summer dominant, the sheep have very little impact on them. And we have noticed more and more of it creeping in and becoming quite invasive. So one of the techniques that we've found most effective in dealing with these grasses is by sowing a cereal rye under vine which is out competing with those grasses. It's not completely eradicating them but it's definitely reducing the vigour of them and it's contributing to the vines not being detrimentally impacted by those grasses. Now, I'm probably going to mess up the pronunciation of this, Melissa, but does that fall under plants which have an allelopathic property? Yes, apparently it does. So allelopathic properties, it's where a, a biological process where a plant will suppress the growth of plants near them due to the release of toxic substances. Melissa, once upon a time, the perspective was if you've got ground cover, then that's competing with the vines for water and nutrients. You clearly don't share that point of view, though. Exactly. I'm a big believer in in keeping the soil covered, and reasons for that are it helps protect soil structure, prevents erosion, it decreases your water loss through evaporation, also provides a buffer for soil microbes against extreme temperatures and soil microbes have a big role to play in nutrient cycling. So providing nutrients naturally to the plants rather than applying artificial fertilisers. Melissa, your approach to the vineyard, I get the impression this is not just about producing wines that are different or trying to save money on chemicals or water application because I imagine there's different offsets to that. You've got a longer term view for this approach, don't you? 
Yes, definitely. It It's one of my main drivers. So I view myself as a uh, as the custodian of this land and I have a responsibility to care for it and nurture it and to pass it on to the next generation in better condition than what it was passed to me in. Melissa, it sounds like you're taking your dad on quite a journey, really. Not only convincing him to leave, <laughs> that you could stay in a vineyard, but to totally change his approach to production. Mm, yeah. Um, look, it certainly caused a few family arguments over the years, Drew, but um, we've got to a good place now. And whilst he doesn't necessarily agree with all of the practices that I'm using, he's certainly happy to let me go these days without too many arguments. Well, the proof is in the bottle as well. Oh, he certainly, he's one of our um, biggest supporters and, um, yeah, he never complains about the wine. (laughs) Well, that's a great outcome. What advice would you give to someone who's currently using herbicides to tackle vineyard weeds but might be interested in trying a different approach? Okay, so the big thing is changing your mindset about how you view weeds and I think you have to realise that every time you spray the soil with a herbicide, you are literally killing all the life in the soil. You're sterilising the soil. Those microbes will eventually recover and come back, but I don't think it's a good thing to be doing, sterilising your soil and killing all the life in the soil. The first thing that we did was um, we just got out the old dodge plough you know, it's what they used to use many years ago to control weeds. And it literally sort of just reefs the, the weed out from under the vine. And that's where we started. And we now have a lot of different other methods that we use. We use an undervine knife. We have a finger weeder. We have an undervine mower. And we use the sheep. So it's a combined approach for dealing with the weeds. It's not a one-stop shop. So you just have to look at the situation and and different methods work for different scenarios. Melissa, I've seen you described as the godmother of this kind of approach, which is a fairly big label and something to be proud of. You've obviously learnt so much through trial and error. Any suggestions as to where people can go to find out more if they do want to go down this path? Uh, I think there's quite a few people who are following this path now, Drew, who are generally open to sharing information. You know, look, I'm very fortunate that I I have a fantastic vineyard manager that I work with who has helped problem solve, come up with new ideas. He's great with building tools and, and machinery and, you know, he's always happy to have a chat with people and myself as well. So really it's just about talking to others in the in the industry who are doing similar to what we are. In regards to talking to people, Melissa, I've got to thank you for taking the time and talking to us and joining us for this decanted podcast. Melissa Brown, grape grower and viticulturalist for Gem Tree Wines in McLaren Vale. All the best for the season ahead and thanks for joining us for this AWRI podcast. Thank you, Drew. It's also worth noting that the AWRI has developed a range of weed management resources, including a decision-making tool that can recommend strategies tailored to your own vineyard. Links to these resources are given in the show notes for this episode.
The AWRI Decanted podcast is supported by Australia's grape growers and winemakers through their investment agency, Wine Australia, with matching funds from the Australian Government.